Welcome to Your Mental Breakdown, the podcast where you get to follow along with a client in real therapy sessions. And you'll hear two licensed psychotherapists. That's us. Breaking it down afterwards, so you get a look behind the curtain. In this episode, we talk about how the thing we're worried about is usually not as bad as we anticipate. It's often the lead up to it that creates anxiety and fear. And then sometimes it is that bad. And in this session, Drew and Doug explore what it means to have a sense of self-worth in a relationship rather than relying on the other person. In the breakdown, we use the missing piece books as a relationship guide and talk about the difference between setting rules for others and having boundaries for yourself. And wherever and however you're listening to this podcast, please take a minute and a half, not just a minute, to subscribe to it, rate it, and write a review for it on iTunes. This is how people find us. So the more you can do this, the more people can find us. And here's a review we got from Steiner7684 called Helping Me Cope. I can totally relate to the client sessions, and it's actually a nice and helpful distraction to hear issues that aren't about the current global crisis. Although hearing Doug and Meredith gives me good company while we're all going through this, I feel like I know them better than my own therapist. Aw, nice. Steiner7684. And stick around for the show. Bye. Welcome. This is Meredith Levy. This is Doug Friedman. And this is your mental breakdown. Oh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hello, Meredith. Hello, Douglas. How are you doing? I'm lovely. Thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I've, I've recovered, but I had a, uh, an interesting... And it's not that interesting. So on my morning hike with Beckett, we go to this place where there's all these streams that you cross and you kind of like go over rocks and sometimes logs to get across the little streams before you get to the little waterfall at the end. It's nice. Lovely. And um, I've always had really good balance. I'm really adept and all that's fine. And you know how when you're doing something like that, especially if there's water, you're like, I don't want to get wet. I don't want to get my shoe in the water and that would suck. So I'm going to be very careful. And I dunked my foot in the water. Oh. <laughs> totally like I... Did you slip off the log? Yes. I thought you were going to say, did you miss one of the rocks or did you slip off the rock? No, it was the log because the log was wet and slick. <gasps> and my foot... And normally I do rocks, not the logs, because you can kind of go... I mean, you can figure it out if anything's there. But I totally slipped off the log, dunked my foot. And as soon as it happened, it was like, oh, Fuck damn it. And I've got like, you know, the full gear and the, the waterproof shoes and still like you dunk that far in, the water seeps into oh. your shoe from the top and it was totally soaked. And then from that point forward, I was like, oh, well now I don't care if I get wet. Oh. Because my shoe's already wet. Wait, I can't believe, I mean, you're very lucky you didn't like slip and fall completely. Oh, well, okay, sure. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you we could have eaten that. shit. Like. No, I don't like to eat shit. <laughs> Like man down on the log. I don't like to eat logs either. And logs of shit? Oh, I very much don't like to eat that. You're so good. <laughs> too much? Too much too soon? For oh. the, yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, Beckett. Yeah. Your dad is just on one. Um, so I guess it's, I mean, it's not like a huge rushing stream and rocks everywhere. I mean, yes, I could have gotten hurt and it, it can be dangerous, but you know. Can our streams be rushing and huge? Sure. Or is that a river? I don't know. Okay. I, you know, I, maybe it was a brook. Ah, I a babbling brook. That's right. I really don't know the difference between brook, stream, river. I think rivers go into larger bodies of water. Hmm. Um, this does not go into any larger body of water. For uh, our listeners out there, Doug is a very avid hiker. He hikes every morning with his doggy. That's right. Doug and his doggy. Doug and the dog. Yeah, he was fine, but his feet are always in the water so he doesn't care <laughs> so did you keep hiking or did you turn around and go home i don't know I kept going and it was one of those things where how delicately we take something at first like i you know take the hike so delicately like carefully plot my next step and making sure and of course i'm going through the analogy in my head of how this applies to the right to the greater you know whole life i don't know sure right yeah and, <laughs> and as soon as i just got it wet like, all right, no okay. big deal. Right. Now I don't care. Yeah. And didn't go in the water after that at all. 
but still had that, didn't have that fear, that anxiety that sometimes we talk to our clients about, right. about the, the thing itself is never that bad. It's the lead up to it. So, oh, the anticipation. Right. It's like right. going to the dentist. Oh, yeah. Which you do every three months. I do. Although, oh, okay. Dr. Frank, don't, I, <laughs> here's the thing. Oh, getting called out by name. They've been calling me. They're like, you're due for a cleaning. Finally, I was like, fuck. So I called yesterday to make an appointment and they're like, oh, our system's down. We'll call you later today or Monday. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. I actually called to make an appointment and you're like, oh, sorry, no can do. Yeah. All right. Good luck having me answer the phone. That when you happens call back. frequently with people. Gosh, I remember. Did you, <laughs> what? Just, what? did you just gosh again? Yeah. Wait for the upcoming episode, you guys. <laughs> You don't remember the gosh? Of course I do. Oh. What's funny is I've realized the last couple of weeks when we've been doing this, I've said the word God a couple of times. And it's not that I don't say the word God, like I'm not one of those uh, religious people that will write it out as G-D. I don't have a problem with that, but I often have made a concerted effort to say gosh instead of God. Because it's, I, I don't know, I think it's a little more user-friendly. Sure. I'm going to make that effort. My stop, stepmom would appreciate that. Gloria, I'm going to work on saying that too. Gosh, that would be great. I'm going to say gosh or golly. <laughs> that idea of, you know, the the one time you made the call and, and the system's down. I remember when I was playing lacrosse at UCLA, I was having a lot of issues with allergies and I had an allergist that was in the Palisades. And I would go to his office to get injected with my allergy shot and then go back to UCLA and live my life. And he was saying, you know, you can give yourself these injections. Like, no, I, I don't like needles. No, I, 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 nope, nope, you not going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, all I would do when I would show up at his office, you know, at that point was he had my mixture yeah. of the allergy stuff. He just, you know, put rub the alcohol on my leg or arm and put the needle in the little thing and shoot me. It's a whole new world for me right now. Um, And this was, you know, 20 years ago. And he kept saying, you can just, I can give you the vial and I can give you a bunch of needles and you can just give yourself injections. Like, uh, no, I can't. (laughs) I mean, maybe theoretically I can, but no way. So we worked up to it. We would go, I would go to his office and he would have me prep the needle, which was tough, a little exposure therapy. Yeah. I was scared of it, but yeah. started to overcome it. And then he would inject me because I couldn't inject myself. He had me take some needles and practice on oranges at home, which I remember. Yep. And, you know, when I could finally do it in his office and actually inject myself in his office, he's like, okay, I think you've graduated. Here's your vial. Here are the needles. Uh, you know, let me know how it goes. So I was at home the following week and the very first time I go to inject myself in my quad, I <laughs> felt intense pain and it was like, it ballooned. It got black and blue and ballooned and I freaked out and I called him up and he goes, oh yeah, you probably popped a blood vessel. It happens like, you know, one in you know, 10,000 and of course it would happen on your first. Mm-hmm. And I just went, and last, <laughs> like I'm done. I'll see you next week. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Great. So sorry, dentist. Hopefully you guys call me back and I answer. (laughs) Or just get on my program and go in 12 years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that bad anymore. I think it's only been a year. Or not. Right. Can you imagine if therapy was like going to the dentist? Yeah, I'll see you for my mental cleaning in three months or a year maybe. (laughs) I'm grateful that our clients come every week to see us so we can stay with what we've been working on. Some actually come a couple times a week for some stretches. Can you imagine being like, so six months ago, we were talking about blah, blah, blah. Let's get back into that. (laughs) I'm grateful that Drew comes every week and that we've been able to be consistent. So what we're going to get back into is talking about his relationship and his sense of self-worth and where he is with that. And you'll get to hear us kind of work on some stuff in real time. Maybe a little background to know is that Drew has had some issues and trauma history with mom from when he was uh, an early teenager of mom ODing when he was home and then a year later ODing again. Uh, Survived both times. She's still alive, but has had a history of that. And it's really hard for Drew uh, to come to terms with that and process that himself. So that's some history. And you'll hear a lot about taking it all on yourself and what we can do with that. 
So stick around, listen up. Bye for now. Bye. so excited for the weekend that like work and stress and everything else is like nice you know I, I feel like when i have something to look forward to everything else gets so much easier yeah does it mean that you're not as focused on what you're doing at work yeah 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 definitely is that okay it can be a consistent thing you know i know that it can't be like an all-time thing but for right now i think it's okay yeah i'm pretty caught up with everything i need to do so like no big deal. And then I have um, I have a dinner I'm going to tonight, hopefully for a new job. Really? So that's that's where my head's at and kind of... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a couple of things to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and like going into like job interviews, dinners, whatever you want to call it, I always kind of take my normal route of worst case possible of like nothing's going to come out of it, but mm. I'm interested anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of, that's where my mind's at. It's like, It'll be interesting to kind of see what happens. You can also look at it as just practice, right? Like yeah. whether or not it's a place you want to work for. I mean, ultimately, you want to do your own thing anyway. Right. right. But if we think of it as, am I going to show up and just like, eh, I don't care. Yeah. Not going to get it anyway. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Then it's not going to be very exciting and fun. But if it's, <laughs> here's a good opportunity. <coughs> a choke <laughs> here's a good opportunity to like show a side of me that I, I want to be real that i want to portray and they like me or they don't yeah right and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean i'm going to take the job yeah but can i just put that out there in that way and then it it can become exciting so yeah it, it, it should be should be good and then um a couple weeks two weeks from now me and girlfriend going up to seattle oh nice to go see the parents oh yeah kind of nervous for that i uh i was super i was super adamant about going like come on we need to do this come on let's go and now that it's like finally happening i feel like i'm back to my brother situation where i have like all these like made-up worries that that are going through my head and in the last time i did see my mom she came down here and she was fucked up and so like that and like they met for brunch when that happened how was that it kind of sucked Honestly, because when we kind of sat down for brunch, like she seemed off. And so I was like, something's going on. Like, this doesn't seem right. And then, um, so I, I took girlfriend home because I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And so I don't want you to really see this. Did you address anything with mom at the time or was it just kind of noticing that? Yeah. Wow. No. And I was an adamant, like, eyes bugged out, shaking yeah. it, like, no, no, I don't touch that. I don't even go near that. Mm-hmm. Never even have. Something was clearly off. Yeah. Never have. Mm-hmm. I hope I get to the point where I will. But I think it's more real, you know, putting that face on of like nothing's going on. It'll be fine. Let's just do what we're doing. Right. It's where I go. I I don't first see the same thing happening. You know, I I have no idea what I'm walking into. But I know they're stressed and I know there's a lot going on up there that I haven't seen. And so I have no idea what I'm walking myself into. Yeah. And we're not going to know. Right. What we will know is as we sort of look at what your boundaries are mm-hmm. not just your integrity and authenticity but your boundaries and what you're okay with and what you're not okay with it's easier to go in because it's not uh what's going to happen or what if this happens we already know the answers yeah. that, that's the green beret kind of thing yeah right yeah, yeah and i think what happened in santa monica was a little bit of you know we can call it ptsd mm-hmm. right yeah because that was like oh mom's a little fucked up let me get girlfriend out of here and i don't know if you said something like hey i don't know what's going on let me just drop you off and I'll take care of this. Or, yeah, well, yeah. after the fact, but like, and I should have during, but I think I'm really bad at doing stuff during situations. And so I did tell her after the fact, but I had to tell her because she was like, why didn't you, why didn't you want me to meet your mom? Why didn't you right. want me to right. hang out? Like, what's up? Right. And then I explained it and she still didn't really understand it because like, how could she? But how did you explain it? I said something along the lines of like, yo, I just don't know where my mom was at. She seemed fucked up. I didn't want you around that. And in her response to that was more along the lines of like, well, I wanted to meet your mom. And I feel like, it's okay. Like, don't, like, I've seen, I've seen stuff like this. Like, it's okay. But she's never seen stuff to this degree. You know, and I know, like, I know that. Well, sure. And to this degree, you're clouded by your experience of your mom. Yeah. To this degree, to you, means she could be passed out OD anytime. Right. You know, I, I think you've heard me say everybody's the lead actor in their own movie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's three different movies going on. Yeah. There was yours, girlfriend, and mom's. Mm-hmm. 
What girlfriend first for a second? What do you think her movie looked like? How would you describe her movie? From a genre standpoint, is that, is that, is that what <laughs> it you was mean? a horror movie? Yeah, I was gonna People say get, it was a thriller, right? Yeah, you know, um, I think I don't know, I, I think mindset of her movie would be something along the lines of like super exciting, big day planned, and then all of a sudden gone for mm-hmm. like and not understanding why, yeah, like, yep, no idea. Yeah, it's more like murder mystery in a sense. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like what just happened, like a M. Night um, the Shyamalan? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. One of his movies were yeah. like, whoa! Right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's important to see that mm-hmm. and just go, okay, that was her experience. She just didn't understand, which you get, you know, you know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But that's one perspective of it. Your perspective of it. Mm-hmm. Your movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's a <laughs> smile. I feel like I have three, four movies like in a sequence in that day because mm. I can, I guess, again, I'm playing the what ifs in my movie. My, right. my movie's a what if movie of what what am I going to do if this happens? What am I going to do if that happens? What is going on? What if what if we're shopping here and I can't get here? You right. know, that kind of movie. Right. So, again, mystery. Yeah, almost horror. Yeah, horror. Right? Like, horror like you're hearing that music, like, uh-oh, something's <laughs> going to jump out. Is it a jump scare? Yeah. Or is it actually going to threaten my life? Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Holy crap. And you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, it's almost like one of the Saw movies. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. And you're walking around, like, not just not knowing, like, mm-hmm. whoa, what just happened? But I'm on high alert at every moment. Yeah. You know, my character's eyes are bugged out the whole time. Okay. What's your mom's movie? I feel like hers is like a drama. Hmm. As, as far as like like sad and like like a rom-com drama is, is the category I put her in. Like they just broke up or yeah. something and she's in that. Because yeah. there's not a whole lot of calm to it. Right. In both ways. Not comedy <laughs> and not like calm serene, right? And that might be a little bit of our projection of I know she must be sad because she's doing this to herself. Right. Right. That's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. We just don't know. Right. I think you're on the right track in terms of like it being a rom-com because mm-hmm. it's light. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the drama. Right. You've seen you, in your movie, you've seen her character do dramatic things. Yeah. yeah. And it's horrifying. Yeah. But it's more, I think you're right, rom-com like in the sense that she doesn't see any issue. Mm-hmm. She's getting a problem. Right. Everything's fine. Like, mm-hmm. cool. No worries. Yeah. Like, yeah. I met his girlfriend, and then we went shopping, mm-hmm. and a good day. Right. Good day at the beach. Right. I love L.A. Yeah. And she's just in her own world, in her own movie, and all is good. Yeah. How do you think those three kind of interrelate, or how would you use that to understand, not just you know how that day went, but how you want to be? Mm-hmm. I think talking about going home, then you throw my dad in the mix. Mm-hmm. He's a true Rambo with a mix of like an Adam Sandler. You know what I mean? Like if you merge those two into a movie, I feel like that's kind of like my dad's role in in the in the four of us. For me, that's my green beret. Right. And so like whenever shit goes down at home, I know I can go to him and be like, "Yo, what do we do? What's going on? What what's happening?" My worry for the movies mixing together mm-hmm. is that since girlfriend never met my parents, I doubt she'll see my dad in that same light, and so she'll come to me for that. Whereas I don't know if I'm ready for that because I don't, I don't know. And so I worry more so on the fact of like, if that's what that looks like, I don't want her to feel like they don't like her. It's just how my family is. I feel like I can only explain that so much until she sees it. And I don't want to over explain it. So I don't want to gear her up for something that's like, I don't want to put thoughts in her head. I want her to experience sure. it for herself. Sure. And who knows how she's going to interpret it. Yeah, I feel like I've talked to her so much about my family and the problems and, like, me going through shit and having episodes and, like, why I'm going through it that preconceived ideas are going to play into effect, too, to a certain extent. And so I'm going to work, like, really hard these next two weeks of, like, these are the fun things that my family does and it's done. So she can kind of think about that more so than, like, all the bullshit that's been happening. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Even how you said it, I'm going to work really hard these next couple of weeks, too. <laughs> Maybe we don't have to work that hard. Yeah. Maybe there's some things we can let go up here. Because mm-hmm. I, I can tell with that, I'm going to work really hard at this, and I'm going to try to do this. 
that's moving back toward gearhead instead of green beret. That's yeah. trying to control something that you don't necessarily control and trying to explain something and trying to, you know, give her all the gear and prepare her in every possible way. Mm-hmm. We have to recognize there's a couple of different movies going on. Hers, you can't control. Her character is going to experience it however she does. Yeah. But I want to be there for you. Yeah. It helps me learn you. Mm-hmm. So the more I can do that on my own, the closer we're going to be. Yeah. You think of that? Yeah, I like that because, like, I feel like growing up now and getting a little bit older, it's like me and her doing life together. It's not me and my parents doing life together, right? With her on the side, right? You know, so I think I need to get more in that role mm. of, of me and her going to Seattle. I'm not going home to see my parents. There you go. You know, and then yeah. we can kind of experience it together. And like, if shit goes down, I've already done it, so like, I know what to do to a, to a certain degree. But, and we don't know what the shit going down might be. If we pan out, it's you two taking the trip. Mm-hmm. That's how you want it to be. Right. Not I'm taking the trip and she's going to tag along and just get a glimpse into my own movie of this as a boy at his parents' place. Yeah. She's going to take it all in. You guys will talk about it. You guys mm-hmm. will debrief certain things, yeah. you know, um, for sure. I think that idea of working really hard to control it. Yeah. Impossible. Ultimately, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's possible but in the possibility we're going to drive ourselves nuts worrying getting anxious working so hard things and, and you just had a sigh yeah. Like, yeah yeah tell me about that yeah i mean i guess the first thing i thought of is is it worth it like to go through all of that just for a what if and i don't like no it's not because like my what ifs could be so completely to the left side if we go completely to the right side that what did i spend all that time preparing for if it has nothing to do with what we're doing you know, and, and like it will be stressful, and like I, I'll go through shit for no reason, essentially. Well, yes, you're yeah. correct. Yeah, absolutely. I'll go through shit for no reason, right? But remember, our reasoning mm-hmm. for doing that is to protect ourselves yeah. because we've had experiences and they've been awful. Yeah. So before we beat yourself up mm-hmm. for it, recognize yeah. that it comes from a place of protecting you. Yeah. It's a great defense mechanism. Yeah. We don't necessarily need it anymore or don't need it as much. Yeah. And I don't think I need to be defensive for this. Hmm. Tell me about that. You know, I don't think that where I'm at in life, I need to play the defensive role anymore because it's out of my control. You know, I don't live at home anymore. I don't see my parents every day. I don't like they're living their movie. And, and like, I'm not the director of that. Exactly. And so I think I need to focus more on my movie and like where I'm going and who's playing roles in my movie. Hell yes. And why? And why are they in my movie? (laughs) Yeah. You know? And I think if you can see that, which it sounds like you do, we'll also see certain things about your character where your character develops. And you go, wait a second. Why is my character still doing this? Mm. Still preparing, getting this gear ready for this thing and what if thing? when maybe you don't need to anymore, right? And the why, like we just said, is for good reasons. Protected you before because something bad has happened, but don't need to anymore. Yeah. And that takes some practice. I I mean, even just saying, I don't need to anymore, feels really, like, I feel like stress is just, like, evaporating. Because it's like, why am I, like, why am I worried about all this stuff? Mm. You know, like, back then, I'd have to stress about it and prepare for it because I'd be in it every day. Yeah. But now it's like, I don't, I just don't need, like, I don't need to. There's only for me to prepare for in that sense. Right. There's nothing to prepare for. And the preparation is the thing that makes me anxious and worried and feels like crap. Yeah. So wait, if there's no real need for it. (laughs) I do. Yeah. yeah, We're good. (laughs) Right. Which is great sitting in the therapist's office to recognize that. Yeah. You know, you're not, because you know where I'm going with it. When it's happening, you're not thinking that way. So how do we incorporate this? What do we do here? I think it goes back to the big Drew, little Drew, which I've been kind of like thinking about and practicing a little like this last couple of days. And and I think that really plays into effect now Mm. because little Drew wants to prepare because he's so used to walking into certain situations and being a kid. Yeah. Whereas big Drew never stepped in and been like, no, I got this. And everything that could happen has already happened. So, like, what else, the what-ifs aren't something crazy that, like, 
oh, this could happen. It's never happened before. Oh my God. It's more so of like reverting back to stuff I have been through and seen and bringing those up. And it's like, that's already happened. We've already moved on. We're, we're good. We're all right. And I think you believe that because you've lived it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's not scary when it's happening, if it happens. Right. But the preparation for that, that's going to take us through all sorts of anxiety and worry and stress. And if you can remember, wait, I've gotten through it before. The, the worst that could happen, I've been through that. Yeah. And I've survived. And I'm starting to thrive. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah, and, and like the other thing too, that's kind of like, I don't know if it's worrying me because I'm worried or if it's, again, past experiences coming up, mm. but Sunday we were chilling and all of a sudden she started getting like, not really closed off, but she started having like tears and I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, nothing, I'm fine. And I was like, what? No, like what, what's going on? Mm. And I don't know full story because she wouldn't really open up to me and, and fully. But basically, long story short, what I'm trying to get at is that friend basically said that she's spending too much time with me and that it's not fair to her. And she wants to go out and she wants to party. And like now she's being like super short and like kind of distant. And like now it's like, well, is this the right time to go up and see my parents? Again, what if? What if it goes bad? What if it goes good? We can go either way. But sure. what if it goes bad? And then you throw all that prequel into it that i think that's where my worry is right now yeah you know with all that so i'm, I'm gonna say something in a way that you know my style by now yeah, uh, yeah. and i want you to run with it yeah but, wow you are trying to direct her movie yeah i don't think it's a power struggle but i think it's a knowing struggle of me trying to direct her movie hmm. of why can't you tell me why won't why won't you tell me what she really saying all of that. And I mean, the more I get to know friend, it's just like, the more and more I don't like her, you know? And like, I think that's where I'm trying to take a step back and let her do what she needs to do. Because right. like, at any point, if I'm like, nah, I don't fuck with her, that's when she's going to get mad at me. And like, I think anybody can be friends with anybody. and You can pick your friends and you can do whatever you want with. Sure. But it just shows me a lot on who she really is. Hmm. because it's like, how do you not see this? Like, how do you not see what she's trying to get you to do? Yeah. It's a hard line to walk because we want to be careful that we don't try to direct her moving. Right. But we're observing it and we can notice how it impacts our movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we talked about rules and boundaries, mm-hmm. the difference. Kind of, yeah. The example I usually give is uh, being in somebody's car, they're driving and they're speeding. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. A rule is something external where we go, hey, you can't speed. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to control them. Mm-hmm. Sure, they can speed. Yeah. You know, the consequences are up to them. I mean, it's actually illegal. Right. Everybody does it. Right. Yeah. right? Hardly enforced. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Yeah. But it's not about that. It's about I don't feel safe when you're driving fast. Mm-hmm. So my boundary would be I can't be in a car going this fast. So I need to get out of the car. You can keep speeding, but I need to get out. I'll take a lift the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah. And maybe I just don't ride with you anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging you for that. You can keep doing that. I'm not trying to change you or impose a rule right. on you. Right. You're fine, but I got to protect myself and have my own boundary. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we could substitute driving fast in a car for virtually anything, right. going out and partying all night. Right. You know, or talking shit about people. Right. Like, yeah, I'm not cool with this around me in my movie mm-hmm. affecting my scene. Right. So I need to not be in this scene. Yeah. The movie can continue, but it's not going to be mine. Her movie or your movie, whatever you choose it to be, go for it. That's boundary. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah. Definitely. Think of that. I think it makes a lot more sense in, this, in the respect of like not having to hang out with her. Cause like, in my ideal world, we all get along and we go to dinners and we hang out and like she's included because like I know I get where she's coming from. You know, it's hard to spend every day all day with somebody and then they get in a relationship and you see them half with not any, even any of that. Right. So I, I get where she's coming from with that. But from a friend to friend level, like she should support girlfriend in this. 
that that's the problem that I have with it. And I know there's nothing I can really do about it. You know, like there's there's no action that I can take to change any of that other than be loving and being like, yeah, go hang out there, go have fun. Right. You know, like last night I was supposed to go to girlfriend's house and like I have dinner tonight to where I was like yesterday morning before I left. I was like, yo, I'm coming over tonight. Cool. And then at five o'clock last night, she was like, yo, I'm hanging out with friend. I was like, well, mm. why? Like we just talked about this this morning. Like, what do you mean? You know, and all my stuff is there. And I clearly didn't have any clothes this morning to do anything, you know? And like all, all of my shit was there to where now it's like, I've been stressing today about dinner tonight because I'm not prepared the way I want to be. Mm. But I have no way to be like, don't hang out with a friend. And I, I need, I need stuff. What if you break that sentence down into two different parts? Mm. Yeah, the don't don't hang out with a friend. I feel like is the the don't speed, yeah. And the I need stuff is the let me get out of the car. Absolutely, yeah. So what could or can, because we're not at tonight yet. Yeah. You say or think about how you would approach that with her now. Yesterday or tonight? Even tonight. I mean, I don't know if you're going to run out there. Grab shit and then go to No, nah, I, I told her to bring my shit to work. There you go. <laughs> I was like, nah, you, you got to like, come on. Right. <laughs> okay, so then let's look at yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get the call from her. Oh, granted, perfect world, you get the call from her at 5 o'clock and you're saying this at 5.01. But that rarely happens. Right. Because you're going to get triggered. Right. You know, it's going to create a reaction. In you, yeah, it did. Right? Yeah, it did. absolutely. You're probably going to, classically what people do is uh, get pissed mm-hmm. or shut down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we stew and then we think about it, but we're just rolling this over of the injustice. We, you know, we don't see it the way that we're seeing it now when we pick it apart and we don't have that emotional charge. Right. All the things that we're talking about in here and you go, yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throw a trigger and an emotional charge in that yeah. sense is gone. Right. 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 That's why we're trying to get the muscle memory, <laughs> like work through it. Like, yeah. right. Second yeah. nature. So thinking back to yesterday, we'll just walk through it to get the rep. Right, mm-hmm. you have to practice. Yeah, and and I think the other frustrating part is if I forget her plans five days from now, it's a fucking argument. Why don't you remember anything? All this stuff. And so I was like, "Baby, do what you need to do." And so she was like, "Okay, well, I'll see you Wednesday." And so, like to me, that's her picking friend first. Yeah, and I'm a second. Yeah, and I hate being second. Yeah, especially in a relationship. Yeah, and that's a leap. We're jumping to some conclusions, mm-hmm. and we're missing something. Mm-hmm. and we're in a therapist's office so yeah. of course I'm going to bring this part out Yeah, but we're missing the part about how this stuff makes us feel right, right? it's the fucking cliched therapist yeah. Line. Yeah. how do you feel about that <laughs> how does that make you feel right? yeah. but in a sense that's the missing piece to yeah. some of this right now Yeah, yeah. and if we remember in my own movie not trying to control her, her just me like the matter of fact stuff mm-hmm. and like looking at the facts and keeping score. Mm-hmm. I just told you this this morning. And if you told me something five days ago and I didn't remember, I'd be fucked. Yeah. But I told you something this morning, like that, that's scorekeeping. Right. It doesn't, it's not fair. No. Yeah. I'm afraid out of one of you. Right. What we're missing because it requires vulnerability mm-hmm. and we don't know how it's going to be received mm-hmm. is saying, oh, tonight I thought we were going to have plans. Gosh. You would ever fucking say, gosh. (laughs) But gosh, that makes me feel, you know, and then saying, so minus the gosh part. What does that sound like? It makes you feel lonely. You know, it makes me feel like an option and not a choice and almost like an obligation, you know, Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. And it just sucks that you drop everything for her, but can't do anything, not anything. A simple thing that I'm trying to ask. Why did you catch that and correct that? Because uh, she does a lot, and I think saying anything is an overstatement. Yep. You know, yep. it's too much. Absolutely. Um, but in this situation, there was something. It's not anything, but it's something. And it felt bigger. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We can say it now, and now sitting here, you'll catch it and go, hey, you don't do anything. Well, no, that's not right. Right. Right, you can catch it mm-hmm. in here, mm-hmm. in the moment, with that trigger, that emotional charge. You never fucking do anything I want. Yeah, 
Yeah. All those, those are huge. Big words. Yeah. Big words. Yeah. When we get that emotional charge, we feel that. Right. Because it feels like everything. Yeah. But it's not everything. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. But it feels that way. And we'll often just say that with such force, mm-hmm. right? That our message is skewed because all they hear is the force. Yeah. And all they will do is either defend mm-hmm. or attack, mm-hmm. shut down or get angry. Yeah. And then you're in a fight or you're silently stewing about it. Well, then I'm apologizing for something I didn't do. And I, I think that's, mm. that's a huge topic for me right now because yeah. it's like, I try and be like, this is how I'm feeling. I try and be like, this is where I'm coming from. Yeah. And then I feel like I always end up apologizing. Mm. And it's like, well, I shouldn't have to say sorry for just telling you how I feel. It's crazy. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, let's let's dig at that just for a second. Apologizing for saying how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do we apologize? I hate, I guess, yeah, I hate not being in a fight because fights happen. And I, I'm okay with confrontation. It's the longevity of going to sleep or prolonging it for like hours that I'm not okay with. And so I would rather just be like, yo, I'm sorry. Like, my bad. Let's figure it out now so we can move on. Like, I don't, it's not the end of the world, you know, but I can't deal with you being mad at me for three days over this. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something I emotionally I just can't handle. Why not? What's the experience like for you? Again, it's really lonely. You know, it goes back to the, I'm almost trapped. I think trapped is a good feeling description. Yeah. Because I don't have any options. You know, it's just like, I'm, I'm there doing me. I feel bad because I feel like I caused this. And then the guilt kind of gets in there. And then it's like, oh, fuck, I should have gone about it this way. Yeah, and that's, that's whizzing down that old trail, right? Yeah. Where it's my fault. I did it. And that's Vader telling you. Yeah. And taking charge, you know, see that little opening and just mm-hmm. grab it, mm-hmm. pull you down there. It's pretty common. And for you, it happens far too often, sometimes even unconsciously. It's a great defense because mm-hmm. it helps us not to stay in that limbo state, yeah. in that uncertain state. Mm-hmm. But I'll just say it's my fault. I'll take the blame. Yeah. I'll apologize. Yeah. I can do that. Make them good at it. I'm good at it yeah. and I don't mind. It's not accurate because mm. it's not my fault, like yeah. you said. Right. But I'll take the blame if it means I don't have to stay in this state of you know, uncertainty, yeah. in this state of, of limbo, of silence and lonely. Yeah, and I think uncertainty is like the exact word I was looking for mm. because it's like, like a worst case scenario. You know, like, what if this little thing turns out to be a huge thing? Right. And, and like, I would way rather stop it now yeah. and take the blame and figure my shit out and be like, okay, I'm sorry, than have it escalate to that. You know, I, I'm really bad at just walking away and being like, yo, you're okay. With me. Like, it's okay for you to be mad. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like, I can't. I'm not there. I'm definitely not there. Yeah. And it's partly how we can get closer to there. Yeah. Is, you know, that it's okay for you to be mad. It's that, all right, that's your movie. You're going to act how you're going to act. I don't have control over that. I have control over me. Mm -hmm. And here's my thing. Here's where I'm at. What we're doing by taking the blame, taking it on, putting on our shoulders, you know, putting another brick in the bag and just Mm -hmm. carrying on, right? Yeah. Torture. Mm -hmm. And it feels torturous. But what's more palpable Mm -hmm. for you, what you can feel more is the torture of feeling the loneliness, feeling that uncertainty. I don't want that. I can take a cup. Mm-hmm. I can take a brick, yeah. a feather. Mm-hmm. You know, but that... Yeah. You're coming up on now. a ton. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you remember the ton of bricks, ton of feathers. Yeah. Ways the same. Yep. So it's recognizing that, recognizing it takes time because we're talking about shifting the way we're interacting a little bit, shifting something in our brains. When you get that emotional charge, mm-hmm. it's really hard to do any of this stuff. Yeah. I'm thinking that you're developing a lot of great tools like that. Hey, you've been through this. It is okay. And it's okay to not be okay and not feel okay right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's okay. That's her movie. I don't like this feeling and I'm going to say it and that's okay. Mm. So what do you think about talking to your girlfriend now? Like 
my thought now is like, well, do I even want to go over there tonight? You know, is it is it me wanting to go over there because I want to see her, or is it me going over there for her? For her? For it to be okay. For for there me to say in yeah. in a sense, sorry. Yeah. You know? Well, in a sense, it's even if we don't call it sorry and call it certain. Yeah. Uncertainty. Mm-hmm. So if I go over there, <sighs> yeah. there. Oh, oh, we're still together? Yeah. Okay, good. Exactly. Right. And I think that's what's driving me to go over there right now. And I don't I don't want that to be the case because it's an obligation. I don't want that. I want it to be like, yeah, I want to come over there after dinner because I want to come. Not because you ditched me last night and now I feel like something's up and now I need to make sure everything's okay. Yeah, in a sense, you're saying I don't want to come over insecure. I want to come over confident. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's another choice versus obligation. Thing, yeah. Right? The obligation is, and I sound a little sigh yeah. right there, the <laughs> obligation is, oh, right, that's making me feel better about something. Mm-hmm. If we, like, step back and go, wait, why am I not feeling good? Oh, it's little Drew. Oh, has a wound. Mm-hmm. Big Drew. Going, hey, that's it's okay. You're going to be all right. Right? I can kind of talk through this a little bit in my own head. Mm-hmm. Not let Vader take over. Let me grow that that Jedi voice, yeah. that Yoda in my head, and go. Right, you are okay, and I know we're good. Yeah. Right? If we have to see each other every night, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. a it's problem. Yeah, it's a problem. I mean, it's feeding the insecurities. Yeah, it's so stressful, and it's so much just to feed the security blanket of us being okay. Yeah, and that's something that look, we can work on that. Yeah. And you can have that blanket mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. It takes a little while to get there. Mm-hmm. But maybe that that blanket or that feeling of security can come from just connecting with her. I think now talking about it and like, again, throwing it in my mind and kind of like seeing where it goes. I think taking a step back of me saying, no, I'm not going to go over there. I mean, honestly, I think half of that also, I want her to say, no, come over. I want her to be like, no, nah, I want to see you. No, nah, I want you to come over. I right. want that aspect. Yeah. And I think if I say, hey, I'm not coming over tonight because things are going late. And she's like, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. That hurts, right. Then that hurts. It could be, you know, just sort of having that conversation and giving her a chance to say, oh, okay. And you're going, you know, I'd love to see you and I'd love to just connect for a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Right? It's the red car, white car. If I'm looking for it, yeah. I'll see it. But if I'm looking for the other, she goes, okay, I'll see you Wednesday. What she might not be saying is, oh, man, he's not coming over. Fuck, I knew I shouldn't have gone out. God damn it. Yeah. Oh, and, and she might be eating a pint of ice cream and crying. <laughs> we have no idea. Right. We really don't know. Right. So being able to just be honest and vulnerable with this stuff and seeing how that lands mm-hmm. and seeing how it feels for you. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is a new way of getting a need met. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll pick apart the need too, yeah. but getting that need met so I don't have to do the thing I've always done. So I don't have to put myself out. So I don't have to stress more. So I don't have to work so hard. Right. Let's see how that goes. Cause that's, yeah. I mean, I see softening on you too. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Cause you have that resolve in here. I'm like, all right, well, let's see how it translates. Mm-hmm. You just pay attention to it. I mean, you're, Taking so much of the shit that we talk about and putting it in action, putting it in your head, it's awesome. Yeah. I also want to make sure that you're not working too hard. Yeah. <laughs> right? And trying to control every aspect. Like, how do I be a good Jedi? How do I do this? Yeah. How do I create a new trail? How do I get it? Like, oh, yeah. it's okay. We're reshaping things. It's happening. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, they didn't really go anywhere. They've been here the whole time. That's right. So have we. Well, we're all here now again. That's right. Together. So what'd you think, Doug? <laughs> <laughs> if only you guys could see how funny Doug is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what'd you think, Doug? I thought this was great. I thought this was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Amazing. <laughs> It sure was. You know, one of the first things he said that I am so on board with, you guys were talking about him looking forward to the weekend. Right. And And having something to look forward to. Yeah. And I think that is so important. I think there is that balance between being present in the moment and also 
balancing that with with having something to look forward to and sure. oh sure we should look forward to every day wow wow you know whatever well that and it's funny because being present is that feeling that sensation of looking forward right you know and, and that's something i don't know what you think of this phrase but i love talking about false hope tell me more about that i will let's break it down shall we yeah false hope for me is there's no such thing hope is hope right and that feeling of hope and that experience that you have is an amazing feeling. And it's one that, of course, being present to feel that is a wonderful thing. If it doesn't come true, if the thing doesn't happen, okay, you got to feel hope for a while. Right. And to say it's false hope, it's not, you know, like- Totally, I, I agree. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just being present for that thing. There's something that I used to talk about where if somebody's excited about something, like planning something, like, oh, I want to have this amazing party in our backyard. Like, okay. And if you go, well, yeah, but it's supposed to rain that day or, but then, you know, everybody's going to be in our bathroom. Like maybe we shouldn't do that. If you say that off the bat, you're going to miss joining that moment of excitement right. of planning, Right. you know, and yeah. it's, you might see steps eight, nine, 10 down the line and, and that, oh, those are going to be an issue, but right. you're going to miss steps one through seven where you get to have fun and excitement and hope or whatever it might be right. about the thing. Yeah. I, like I'm going to win a lottery at some point. Right. And when, not if you've talked about that. Yeah, exactly. So it's not false hope. It's, it's just hope. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love having that feeling. So again, for me doing this in, in real time, walking through it with him. Yeah, exactly. And then Mm -hmm. I was very surprised to hear about him and his lady potentially going home to visit his parents. That piece. Yeah. Yeah. What was your surprise? I don't know. I guess uh, we had heard so much about him and the bachelor party and wedding and all that stuff. And then sort of just like throw that in the mix, I guess, I think. And he had even mentioned he hadn't seen his mom for a long time. Right. Right. And the last time he had seen her, she was out here, out here, loaded. Right. Didn't go well. And so I just thought, well, there's a lot going on in their relationship him and his girlfriend, there's a lot going on with his family and that relationship. It seemed like a lot to just mesh the two yeah, all at once. So Totally. And if, I mean, it would send alarm bells and sirens going off in my head or outside. <laughs> I think it's something that you mentioned a while back when we were talking about him, I think going to the wedding, not the bachelor party, it might've been the wedding that he said, one of the things he's worried about is uh, that she's going to meet his family. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that idea of what's that going to be like, and I can't control that. It's out of my control. And and what do I do? And and I'm worried about everybody else and how they're going to get along. That you take for granted your own experience of it too. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then you dove into this ongoing analogy. Oh, this is he continued with this analogy picked it up and he just like kept using it, which I loved and I'm going to steal it from you forever and ever. Sure. Um, is that everyone's the lead actor in their own movie and defining movies, you know, for each scenario, for each person. And, and then in the scenario talking about his mom coming in the brunch or whatever, what was, there was a movie for him and for the girlfriend and for the mom. And then he went into like, well, I had like five movies. <laughs> yeah. And then well, right. he was like, you mean the genre? It was <laughs> right. fantastic. Right. That cracked me up. It cracked me up in the session too. You heard it. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, I love using this analogy and, and and I've used the heck out of it with, with a lot of clients, especially because that idea. Golly. Gosh. <laughs> it, it cracks me up too. Like, I'm like, I use the hell out of it. No, I use the heck out of it. Yet I curse like a motherfucker. No, like, it's fantastic. I'm loving this. I don't know. Okay. Whatever. Gosh, it's crazy. Golly. So talking about how he's the lead actor in his own movie, yep. yet almost by virtue of telling me there's three movies or four movies and he's in this, he's in that, he's working so hard, he's not present and acting. He's actually directing yep. the movies. And it's the difference between being yes. a director and an actor. Like yes. You're trying to direct your own movie and act in it. And there are some 
directors that direct themselves acting. And this but is they've where, probably been doing it a long time. Right. And it's, it's different. You know, we're, we're using this as an analogy for something for, you know, how we are in real life. Right. And that idea of acting in your movie is being present for it. Yeah. Directing is trying to make sure everything's okay and you're setting this all up. And, and that's sort of the, the, another analogy when I talk about all the gear, like being the guy with all the gear and making sure you're prepared for anything. Right. Right. And that's, to me, the best actors have done their preparation already so they can show up and just act. Right. Yep. And him, <laughs> him saying that his dad was a combination of Rambo <laughs> and Adam Sandler. I was like, let me just pause this for a right? second and right? wrap my head around that. Right. I was fucking dying. Yeah. He's like, I don't know if my girlfriend's going to think that though. I'm like, probably not. Who else would think that? Right. <laughs> so rad. It was like picturing, uh, you know, Adam Sandler as Rambo or something like right. that, right? With like the fucking camo on and right, and the beer so good. good. Yeah. And the, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Although I will say, uh, I remember Adam Sandler in the movie Punch Drunk Love mm. and he was phenomenal. Adam Sandler's always phenomenal. Well, phenomenal in a serious role. Oh, like yeah. It yeah. wasn't just him being a goofy guy. Totally. Right? So yeah. good. Yeah. I thought you were putting him down for a minute. I was going to no, punch no, no. you. No, no way. I was going to punch no you way. in the ding dong. I remember watching uh, Billy Madison in the theater. Oh. And I think I was with a buddy of mine and we literally were laughing. And I mean literally from beginning to end. We were cracking up the whole time. It was so good. Hilarious. So genius. Yep. And I think also one of the things that he touched on and talked about was this, what he has talked about, about his parents or his dad or whatever to his girlfriend, I think- what he said was, I'm going to work really hard to try and change that in the next two weeks. Right. <laughs> and you were like, Meh. right. But yeah. it happens. And I, you know, I tell people a lot, don't forget everything that you tell your parents or your friends or whatever about your boyfriend or girlfriend who husband, wife, mm. that they're going to hold on to it. So we have a tendency over time to just tell people the shitty things, the things we're mm. struggling with, I right. think. We don't always say four years in, oh, you know, my <laughs> husband brought me flowers today for no reason. Right. Right. A lot of times it's like, oh, I'm so frustrated. This is happening. This is happening. Right. You know, and or when big blowouts happen, when we break up and you break up 10 times and then you get back together, it's like your parents are going to mm -hmm. be like, fuck enough. And right. so when we tell people these things, they're going to remember them and hold on to them. There's not a lot we can do about it. So we do have to remember that from the start. The balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, if you remember several weeks back when he was saying that his girlfriend used to do the little things for him, like get him water in the middle of the night and then stop doing that. Mm -hmm. And it was noticing the things that are missing yep. and calling attention to a negative thing because we don't call attention to the positive things yep. when they're happening yep. and say, hey, I love when you bring me water. That's really nice. Thank you. Yep. hundred percent. Right? Yep. And I think you're right. When we talk to our family about our significant others, we're generally not talking about just the regular everyday good things. We talk about the impactful things that are often bad and yeah. sometimes some of the good. Right. And often the good is in the beginning. Right. Right. Oh right. my God, it's amazing. And, you know, again, it's, it is what it is, but it is something to be mindful of so sure. that we don't try and scramble and do all this reparative work. Right. You know, or, you know, there's a lot of times in the beginning, we don't know where a relationship's <laughs> going to go. And we're like, oh, my family's fucking crazy. Well, even it's funny because as therapists, we often hear about our individual clients telling us about their relationships and they will bring to us a lot of the difficulties that they're having. Mm -hmm. They don't bring to us when things are going well or amazing. They'll just bring when they're going awful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then when we kind of reflect, well, I mean, it's kind of this, this, and this. They go, oh, no, 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 it's not. There's really good things. They yeah. just never tell you about them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we, we have to kind of monitor how we, you know, hear those things and, and look at a bigger picture and we're therapists. So we're trained to do that. Yeah. Family isn't no. generally. And, and even if they're a therapist in your family, they're not going to think about no. you in that way. Of course. Right. And yeah. hundred percent. Right. So interesting that, that he's kind of getting that perspective on it. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's when he, he talked about going home and. I, li I liked how he picked up himself about how he didn't need to play the defensive role anymore. Mm. But more than anything that I liked about that was that he said, they're living their own movie. And 
Right. And I was like, yes, you're picking up Doug's yeah. analogy. Like you were just going with it. Absolutely. He was, he was totally getting it. And I loved when he said that thing about, well, maybe it's not, I don't remember how he phrased it. It's not me and me and her going there. It's yep. us just taking this trip. It's not, it's not me going to visit my parents with or whatever my, with, her. with her. It's me and her going to visit my yeah. parents, right? Yeah. Shifting the perspective yep. and going, oh, right. That's who the lead actors are because yep. he was making his movie with the parents as the lead yeah. actor yeah. or his girlfriend as the lead actor. And when he brought it back to himself, it's like, oh, wait. I'm going to this, to my home right. with my girl. This is what it looks like, right. right? Which was all great. And I loved all of that. And then cut to like, <laughs> I was like, why didn't you lead with this, buddy? Yeah. The uh, mm -hmm. convo that he had with his girlfriend. Right. Which again, made me sad, but it also made me happy. He was really, I liked the... Uh, the things he was saying, he was sounding more confident and a little bit more sure in himself. Getting there. And I, I think it's, you know, when you discover new parts of yourself or you strengthen new parts of yourself, old parts of yourself just aren't there anymore. And mm -hmm. that's sad because we have to say goodbye to them. And sometimes they're ineffective and that's, you know, a, a good thing for growth. And it's just tough. And it's that, that idea of sometimes in therapy, things get worse before they get better. I think a big piece of that is you start seeing a lot of things around you with a different perspective, right? Right, And sometimes you have a little more objectivity in it and you realize like, oh my gosh, what was I doing here? What was going on? This isn't how I want to be. This right. isn't. So you start shifting and sometimes people will fall out of our lives, you know, or just won't be as impactful or important because right. we're claiming our own. Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I thought it was interesting I'm sure all the listeners know to to what I am referring. The to what are you referring? <laughs> <laughs> to the conversation where his girlfriend brought up tearfully that her best friend, I think, good, good friend, friend, yeah, said that she's spending too much time with Drew, right, and she wants to her to spend less time with him so she can essentially go out and party with her. I think Essentially. I mean, that was his, the that way was his, he was telling yeah. it to me. Us. Whatever it is, yeah. spend more time with her. And um, right. it seemed from the way, well, even just her bringing it up or her t telling it, I think was indicative of her feeling a bit conflicted or upset or whatever it was because she was tearful about it. Right. I mean. Yeah. And we don't know exactly what that is. And kind of my point to him that I've been working on with him was we don't know what she's thinking. So we need to ask. You know, yes. And we need her to tell. And if she doesn't tell, we have to realize we're just not going to know. Right. Because it, it could be that she's really, like you said, conflicted. Right. Right. Again, we don't know until we have that conversation. And having that conversation, I think, is huge. I mean, for her to bring that up, it could have been sad. It could have been like a wonderful thing because it could be she's recognizing, oh, I've lost a sense of my own individuality in this relationship and I'd like to get that back and have some independence while still nurturing your independence so we can be interdependent together. I mean, she didn't say that. She sure didn't. And that might not be what she wants or where she is or what she means at all. Right. We have no idea. We don't. Right. We and, sure don't. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> and I think you and I share a bias in that we're committed to personal growth and, and love the idea of working stuff out with a therapist. We are therapists. So that speaks to us very much. And I think when I work with an individual and I hear issues like this, and I hear that their partner is also in therapy and looking at things, right. then it's great. Like, okay, so we're all kind of doing this and yeah. you can bring it together and, and here's how we can create some common language and, and do this and do that. And, you know, sometimes people will see a couples counselor to help with the communication of that common language, yeah. even though they're on their individual journeys together. It's, it's weird, right. you know, individual journeys yeah. yet together. Yeah. hundred percent. Right? right. And then what stuck out was then him saying, and now I'm worried about taking her home. Right. Right. I'm like, even wondering if I should. Yeah. Right. And I was like, well, understandable. You know, that right. totally makes sense. And to his credit, he was insightful saying, look, like you be friends with whoever you want. And also. Yeah. Noticing that your friends who you surround yourself with can be telling. Sure. You know, and look, sometimes it is what it is. 
sometimes, you know, you've had these friends for a long time and just, you know, but sometimes not. Well, it's funny because it's a mark of, are they friends because we have such shared experience together or are we friends because we actually share the same values and, and, right. and you know, and it's kind of yeah. looking at every now and then I hear people doing like a, a Facebook purge. Well, they'll, they'll look at like, who yeah. are my real friends? Who do I really want to keep on here? You know, cause yeah. there was, there was a time when people would just try to get more friends. Right. 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 And you know, then they'd go, wow, I've got like 400 friends, but I don't actually have 400 friends. Right. Right. So looking at who do I want in my life right now, it, it's a, it's a tough thing to do when you go through that. Cause it's, you do have a lot of shared history with people and just cutting them out. doesn't feel right. Yeah. Right. Do you know this whole thing about Boomer? No. When I hear Boomer, I think of David Wells, who was a pitcher for the Yankees, and they called him Boomer. Well, it's also my sister's dog, but... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Boomer. Um, But no, when you're talking about Facebook right now, I feel like everyone's like, you guys are so old. No one uses Facebook (laughs) anymore. There's this whole thing now about, I don't know how it started as a meme or something, but it's like baby Boomers, how they're like old now. And how right. they can't figure out how to use anything, like, right. you, like, you know, whatever. And so they're like, okay, boomer. So that <laughs> basically when a, someone says that to you, they're just calling you old. I remember when I was, um, I was just on Twatter the other day <laughs> and uh, I was talking to one of my Snapchat friends <laughs> and totally got the, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever. That was funny though. <laughs> um, so another, I'm waiting for you to hit. I'm going to the biggest, best thing that I took from this whole episode that I am also going to use forever and ever. What if it's not the thing I'm thinking about? Rules versus boundaries? Okay, yeah, it is. Okay, please. (laughs) Not only the rules versus boundaries, so great, and what it means, but the analogy. Yeah. Let's just talk about it. Let's just break it down. Break that shit down. Let's just break it down. Bring it. Um, Okay. So the speeding. Yep. So rules, external, trying to control them. Yep. You can't tell, you can't control whether someone you're with is speeding or not. Right. However. (laughs) Yes. You can set the boundary. That's right. You can ask them to pull over and get out of the car. Which they might not do. Sure. And in which case you call 911. Well, (laughs) I mean, if they're repeatedly going at it, then yeah, it also could just be, I just no longer get in a car with that person. Sure. Because they don't respect my boundaries. Right. Right? Yes. I don't care if they follow the rules or not. They can speed all they want, just not with me in the car. Of right. course, that's the analogy. And we're looking at if somebody repeatedly does not respect your boundaries and you keep repeatedly putting yourself in those positions, then we've got some other work to do. Right. It was so good. Give us another example. Of rules versus boundaries? Mm-hmm. Another analogy, I mean. Oh, another analogy? Yeah. Wow. Off the top of my head. Um Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I don't know. That's my go-to. It, it can you can apply it to just about anything. Sure. Uh, cursing. Okay. Cursing can be a great one. In okay. fact, I had a, a teenage client call me on this. Not really call me on this, but I I curse often in sessions uh, with many clients, not all of them. I mean, I grew up sort of withholding cursing because it's a sign that you don't have a great vocabulary. And if you use it. Sure isn't. (laughs) Well, it can be. It can. I mean, that's what I was taught uh, by my dad. And I really liked this is sometimes people will curse when they don't have the words to express what they really want to say. Right. That, oh yeah, I like that. And then the second thing he said about it was, and if you curse so often, when you actually do curse, it doesn't mean anything. So if you pull it back and you only curse, you know, for true impact, it's going to have that impact. Right. So the teenage client I was working with didn't like cursing. And when, you know, and he didn't take to, he didn't start cursing when I was cursing. He was like, oh, okay. That didn't, that didn't help him loosen up and and it didn't make him uncomfortable, but he said, yeah, I just don't like cursing. Like, oh, okay. So I, I shifted. It's not necessarily that he put a boundary around that, but it was important to him. So I respected that. I think at large, if I'm in public with somebody and they're cursing a lot, I don't like that. Yeah. I, I don't sure. feel very comfortable with that. Yeah. I don't curse in public. Yeah. I mean, granted, this podcast might be public, but fuck that. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> no, we love you, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, I, I think it's me saying don't curse is a rule and people are going to fucking break that. Right. And I'm going to be pissed because they're not following my rules. Exactly. Right. 
that's not very effective. It doesn't work. Yes. They're going to keep cursing and I'm going to keep being upset. If I have a boundary around it going, hey, I really don't like being yep. around people when they're cursing in public. Yep. Then it's on me with my boundary to go, so I'm not going to hang out with this person because they keep cursing. Great example. There you go. Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> yep. Loved it. Yeah. And I use the rules versus boundaries a lot with clients because it's it's one of the big ones that we all... I think can do a lot better and be more active and proactive. Oh, with. Yeah. We just don't recognize it a lot. We don't realize a lot of our discontent and suffering can come from that difference, right? That they're not following these rules and we make it external and about them. And if mm -hmm. we just go, oh, wait, I'm ignoring myself, which is what we were talking about last week yeah. with him too. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we can segue into what's coming up next week, unless yeah. you've got more in here. Uh, I mean, chock full of stuff, but we can leave that to the listeners yep. and they can tell us what they want to hear 100%. more about. Yeah. So next week we actually keep digging into this and we, I mean, I really like that we've been processing stuff that's coming up with Drew in real time and we get to hear from him about talking about little Drew, big Drew, even the wounded Drew and, and what that is and what that means and how some of his relationships mirror what's going on with himself. When I say relationships, I mean relation to uh, his girlfriend, to mom, and to some other people in the world. And that, like I said, the idea of sometimes it gets worse before it gets better because we've sort of, when you learn how to do a magic trick, it's no longer magic and you see what it is and you know what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not that it loses the impact. It's that you're seeing it from a different perspective now. A hundred percent. So yep. his, his perspective will keep shifting and you'll hear, you'll hear some of that next week. Yeah. So stick around, hunt us down on the web. Let us know if you have any questions. Yourmentalbreakdown.com. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.